Hey teachers, Tarun Stevenson here for Karma Classrooms and in this video I'm going to give you four tips on how you can implement differentiation into your teaching. Come on, let's get into it. Alright, here we are. We're going to look at four tips on how you can incorporate differentiation into your teaching and do it effectively. Before I get into those tips, don't forget to like and share these uh, videos if you're finding them helpful and make sure that somebody else is getting access to this content as well. And please subscribe or follow on whatever platform you are tuning in because that will help you stay up to date. We put this content out every week and we don't want you to miss a single episode. All right, let's get into it. Four ways that you can implement differentiation into your teaching. And the first thing is this, you need to as a teacher recognize that every student is an individual. And when I say individual, what I mean is that every student has a different way of learning. They have a different level of understanding. They have a different context. So it's cultural context, family context, community context. context. And all of that will have an impact on the way that they understand and interpret what you are trying to teach. And so you have to start from the premise that differentiation is essential because I'm teaching 25, 30 different little individuals and all of them will understand what's going on in a different way. So if I just teach in one mode, I'm only going to hit one group of children or maybe just a few children. And so I have to be willing to understand that they are all individuals. They're all going to see things differently, understand things differently. And a lot of it has to do with the families they come from and the communities and the cultures that they've been a part of as they've been developing because that will shape the way that they interpret what you say. Um, the second thing that you need to look at with differentiation is this. You need to find ways to incorporate what they are interested in with what you teach. So a lot of the time we as teachers think we know what kids are interested in. You know, I'm a dad of two teenagers and one preteen and you know I've tried to stay abreast of uh, what trends are within culture, young people culture, and I think I'm fairly, I guess, um, attuned to what's going on. But honestly, if I'm really honest when I sit down with my kids, I know that there's a whole world that they engage with, especially through social media and you know, uh, music and YouTube, there's a whole world that they engage with that is completely foreign to me. They have different language that they speak, they have different interests, they have different things that, that, that light them up. And very often what we think as adults uh, will be engaging for children is so far from what is engaging for them. And so don't be afraid to engage them in a conversation about uh, understanding their world. Help, help them to know that you care about the world they come from and you're going to try and implement things that are important to their world. Now, uh, one great example of this is uh, way back when I first started teaching, uh, it was when Twitter was first becoming popular. And uh, I know Twitter's kind of an established thing now and young people are not into it. It's mostly angry middle-aged men. But, um, you know, back then Twitter was kind of a thing and a lot of young people were getting onto it. And so one teacher colleague of mine decided that they were going to try and incorporate Twitter into their English lesson and they were doing uh, narrative writing. And so what he did was he set a task uh, for his students to write a sentence in 
no more than 140 characters because back then Twitter only allowed 140 characters and so he you know printed out a sheet that had a little tweet box you know and it looked like a Twitter uh, comment and then he said okay you have to write a sentence that's only 140 characters and because Twitter was the, the buzz thing at that time it engaged them because it was their world they understood what he was talking about and it was a really good device for teaching them how to write concise sentences and so that's one example now obviously you won't use Twitter because Twitter is no longer popular with young people but engage them in a conversation about what interests them and try and find ways to incorporate that into your lessons you need to also when you are teaching understand that you have a preferred mode of teaching as much as children have a preferred mode of learning and and you know in, in uni you would have gone through all the different learning styles and you know the hands-on learners and the visual learners and the auditory learners and the, so you can look at all of those learning styles but you also need to ask yourself what's my preferred way of teaching and how does that teaching mode impact each learning style you may find that you drift towards a t teaching style that disadvantages certain kids based on their learning style. And so you need to try and adjust your teaching style, not just for the different uh, learning types, but also have an awareness of adjusting your teaching style so that you can get better at the teaching styles that you don't prefer. Because if you can switch between different modes of teaching and be really confident in different modes of teaching, you're going to be more effective in differentiating your lessons. You won't struggle to connect with the kids that prefer a different mode of teaching. So you have to practice different modes of teaching as much as you have to cater for different styles of learning. And the fourth key that I want to uh, highlight is when you are differentiating a lesson, when you are trying to find ways to engage all the students in your class, be careful not to miss the kids that are accelerated. Uh, what a lot of the time we do is we differentiate for low learners. We differentiate for kids that are if you like below the class or below the average and we give them additional support or additional modes of learning but we often forget about the kids that are advanced and they're ahead of the class. And those kids can become just as bored and just as frustrated in a class that is not differentiated for them. I'll finish with this little story. When my eldest son was uh, only in grade three, he is uh, quite a gifted student and he was quite advanced for his class, but he had a teacher that was very focused on the low kids in the class. There were a lot of low kids in the class and so a lot of her energy went into supporting those low kids. And he would keep, he would get the work done really quickly, but there was no way for him to accelerate or to move beyond what he was already capable of doing. And even though he had asked and even though we had had conversations with the teacher, she just didn't seem to be able to cater for his uh, level of ability. And so one day we get a call from the school and um, we get asked to come into school because our son has in the playground, he's cut the pocket off his uniform. And uh, the school was very concerned about the destruction of their uniform and they wanted to reprimand him for that. And I sat down and I had a conversation with my son and I said, mate, what's the reason that you cut the pocket off your uniform? And he said to me, and it was a, it's a really heartbreaking story, but it really woke me up to the importance of this, is he said, well, I was hoping that if I cut the pocket off my 
uniform, the, the school would kick me out, that they would suspend me or they would expel me, and then maybe you can put me in a school that's going to give me work that is interesting for me and will help me to learn the way that I want to learn. And, and that was a real wake-up call for uh, my wife and I, where we had to recognise that we had to be very careful about the schools that we chose for our children to make sure that they were able to cater for both low students and accelerated students. And so that's a real little example of why you as a teacher need to make sure that you're catering for those advanced kids as well, because they often get neglected, they're often, and they're usually good kids too, they often just sit there quietly waiting for somebody to uh, cater for them, but if you haven't got a mechanism for that, then you will find that they can get destructive, disruptive, and sometimes take away from the lesson. So that's our four keys. First of all, recognize that all students are individuals and you need to cater for all students. They all come from different contexts. Uh, you need to find ways to talk their language, fit in with their interest, understand their world when you're using uh, practical examples in teaching. The third one is this, understand modes of teaching and what you prefer and practice the ones that you don't so that you can teach to all different learning styles and be confident in that. And the last one is this, don't just differentiate for the low kids, make sure you uh, create opportunities for your advanced kids or your accelerated kids to also uh, be able to be differentiated for and to ca be catered for and supported so that they can be the best that they can be. I hope that was really helpful for you. That's four tips for differentiation in the classroom. If you enjoyed that, please give us a comment below. Let us know what you thought. Make sure you share it and like it uh, if there's somebody that you know would benefit from our content. And if you're listening on our podcast or on our YouTube channel, please make sure that you give us a review because that would just help the algorithm to put this out there and get more eyeballs in front of and ears in front of our content to help more teachers. So just give us a review on Stitcher or your iTunes podcast and give us a comment and share in YouTube and that will help us to get this content out there. Until next time, I'm Tarun Stevenson for Karma Classrooms.